Gentlemen, greetings and salutations. Back at it again. Indeed we are. Yes, we are. We are. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> it's a lovely fourth week of January. I'll tell you, this is Already? all that this wow. this moment right here is all that is propping up my Monday today. Really? Yeah. Oof. That good, huh? It was it was a rough, rough. one today, man. Was it? Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Tired. Work was mm. rough. Long weekend. Mm. Fun weekend, but yes. long weekend. Man. I hear that. But I'm I'm happy to be here with you guys today. And with the whole listening yeah, audience. Good. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey everybody out there. Hey. How's it going? Hey, no. Yeah, that's right. Nick, what's going on, brother? Uh, yeah, man, it was a Monday. It was a freaking Monday. So, mm. uh, yeah, got back and did the dinner and then and been try- I've been thinking about the topic at, at hand for most of the week. But, uh, oh, boy. But this thing happens wow. on Monday where it's like 7 o'clock and I'm like, Monday, pod- podcast. Oh, right. And then I just have to reset and like rethink about all the things that I've thought about. Um, and uh, yeah. Roll the dice and hope that that it comes out well so well i'm sure it'll, dicer I'm sure in the it air will. guys dicer in the air yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man uh how about you greg i got back from where'd you go a, i was in uh, the heartland this weekend yeah wichita on thursday what you doing out there it's playing some gigs yeah yeah that's right good show yeah some solo work no with resilient oh yeah no resilient. no no Oh. You got some other project you're working on? Yeah, I play with the uh, Red Knot Chili Peppers. We want Jelly Willie! We want Jelly Willie! You guys played Canes, I believe. Is that right? We That's Yes, right. Canes on Friday night, man. Heck yes. Oh, it was a rager. Was it? It was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> I literally had... You know, I, it's just funny to me. There was like... <laughs> Some people who came, usually I hang out by the merch booth before the show with uh, drummer Pete. Yeah. If I have some time, or I'm not like, between, I'm not like warming up or, you know, I like to hang out and say hi to the, the people, you know? Sure. And, you got um, your Sharpie at the ready? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so there were some folks that came and they said, oh, you know, we've seen you here four times. This is our fourth time. Wow. You know, and I was like, wow, really? really? And I'm like, wait a minute, but this is our fourth time, which means you were here for our first show, which was a COVID show when it was like quarter capacity, wow. which is how yeah. the whole reason we got into this venue right, was because they were having quarter capacity shows. I was like, I was like you were at the COVID show? And they were like, yep. And now we brought our kids and da 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 da. <laughs> so the same mom, they were like, we're going to be right on your side, right up in the front. And I was like, awesome. And I get on stage and it's her and like, 12 18 year old girls <laughs> and i'm not kidding for the entire show they were just arms reached out <laughs> ah, ah, you know that's that's gotta, it was that's wild. gotta that's, be that's, that's, that's gonna be tough on the ego you know well look it's you know it's about it's it's not about me it's about this the band you no, know no no but it was funny you. because it was they were on my side it wasn't the same thing on the other side and i decided it's just kind of like the, dude, the, the big dude with the chili peppers <laughs> shirt with his arms crossed. You yeah, know? just the bassist staring at the bassist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just like, great. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. It's the big dude, and then the chili peppers nerd, well, uh, they didn't quite yeah. do the bridge the same mm. way they used to on the yeah. 89 tour. <laughs> yeah. 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 You played that song from Mother's Milk on a modulus bass, but obviously we didn't have that bass then. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Losers. Anywho. 
<laughs> yeah, but we had we, we had a great time. Canes is, is amazing, and uh, the fans in Tulsa were just wonderful. Um, so that was great. Uh, that was the, that was the Friday night was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Canes, and then we finished up uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Nice. Um, okay. Was that the Garlic Fest? Called, nope, that's next weekend in Florida, cool. is in Wellington, Florida, and that is with the Resilient. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, okay. I've done the Garlic Fest in the past with the Red Knot Chili Peppers. Okay. But uh, this time it's going to be with Resilience. So it's a uh, special Same armed... Greg, different band. That's right. Yep. Special Armed Forces Sunday. And if you're a military, uh, if you have a military ID, you get yeah. in. For... Yeah, yeah, you get in for free. So, uh, yeah, but it was, it, was, uh, it was fun. You know, interestingly, um, I was uh, on, a, on the way back yesterday, Sunday. Okay. Right. I was like, man, there's some heavy football games oh. happening. There sure oh. were. And I... That's not an ideal Sunday as far as football is concerned. I said, well, but on Southwest, what? What you, get, but? you get live oh. TV. Okay. So I just I just wanted to watch the game. I didn't have a horse in the race, really, you know? Sure. Um, well, I would refer you to that meme that's been circulating on the internet that's like, you know, which it, it shows a picture of America and it's like, who yeah. the country wants to win, and it's right. like Kansas City, in Missouri, and then the rest of the country is the Ravens. Somebody, oh uh, yeah, but that's you know I don't know how scientific that is, but boy, <laughs> let me, are you let, telling me this meme might not be based on science? <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure that was backed by data. Yeah, but yeah. if I if if yeah. I may, if I may, just I know I know we don't usually get into sports on this podcast. Proceed. I. Uh, this this may have something to do with our topic coming up. Ooh, okay. Okay. All okay. Right. I'm trying. I'm, I may be trying to kind of. I love it. Set set it up. But yo, speaking of the Ravens, what about them? I mean, dude, that was a tough game. Tough game, but I mean, they sucked it up. Lamar sucked. Jackson choked hard. <laughs> that was rough. He choked. He also scored the only hard. touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but here's the facts, man. He's yeah, now I, two and four I, in pre- postseason games. Mm. Twice, he's been the number one seed with home field advantage and lost. Mm. All right. Now, in those four postseason losses, the Ravens have averaged ten and a half points a game. It's not great. In those four losses, Lamar has four touchdowns and eight turnovers. Not great. Yesterday, on third down, he went one of six for seven yards. Yeah, turned it over. Yeah, interceptions. Yeah. There points, are man. no more excuses for Lamar Jackson. Okay, now you what guys do you want might him be, to do. Well, now you might be wondering, Greg, what makes you so qualified? Yeah, what team are you reading from, Greg? And to that, <laughs> well, his favorite team is the Washington Commanders, so he knows. Well, I, yes, <laughs> I know. I know what it's like to root for a team that sucks, but. So I guess that makes me qualified. But I would say the two most important reasons are, uh, one, I co-host a podcast. So that's mm-hmm. the, right. Instant and two, I, I care about football. I care about it so much. Yeah, yeah. Okay, even though... Live and breathe, live, live and breathe it. I've never played anything besides non-contact pickup football. And I have no idea what it's like to be out there. Mm-hmm. I never smelled a locker room. You a lot know? easier like, than you think. Do you guys see where I'm going with this? I do. I do, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I, I okay. think that you are uniquely qualified to comment on, uh, you know, the performance of said, yeah. you know, sportsman. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm making a, I'm not actually trying to get anyone's blood pressure boiling or whatever. You know, I, <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Lamar Jackson, actually. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's an amazing player to watch, and I was it was like it definitely sucked watching him not be himself. Yeah. Having said that, this is I'm 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 painting the the uh, I love it uh, the harsh critique mm-hmm. as someone who obviously has no idea what he I love it I what love his it. situation is like, <laughs> and this is what. I'm going to be referring to possibly in this next segment. It's called is, foreshadowing, folks. Yes. I see what he's doing now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not at all intended to twist the knife in the Ravens right now, which is I know is a tough, 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 tough loss. Um, the but, funny uh, thing hopefully is, I, ho- hopefully my point is made. Yes. It, absolutely. It, the funny thing is to me, you know, like after the Ravens loss, I, I was upset because I like Baltimore teams and I want of them course. to do well. Of um, course you do. But then I was like, well, the only team, the only hope that this Super Bowl has left for anything worth a damn is the Lions. Is the Lions. Is the damn yeah. Lions. Oh, and then the Lions. <laughs> and then oh, he was like, was- I swear to God, I started making dinner. And then like, I'm like, yeah, I'll go ahead and throw that game on in the background. And as soon as I turned it on, it was mm. Detroit up 24-11. Seven. <laughs> Seven. And then the onslaught came like as soon as i turned it on that's when san francisco oh, yeah. made their comeback Dude. and i'm like well this is why i don't watch football this is why i i, I, I just Jay, need to I'm, stay away i'm <laughs> i'm i'm not kidding you not exaggerating exactly the same thing for me i, I turned it on in this in the beginning of the third quarter <laughs> yeah, and it was exactly. this, this, this this disastrous half i couldn't the, believe it Oh, I think the, the sign that you're a true football fan is that you you believe that when you turn it on, it changes the <laughs> fundamental game. That's know? right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it does. In a I knew I shouldn't have watched. I shouldn't have turned it on. I shouldn't have turned it on. I shouldn't have thought about it. I shouldn't have checked my phone when I did. Well, we were we were fortunate enough yesterday, uh, Jay and I, to go and play some music oh. uh, with, with our friend Kreshmir and oh. uh, yes. cousin Tim yes. and EJ. Oh, my okay. gosh. Um, that's awesome. Which was awesome. Um, yeah, Tim was actually just texting that he's got some mix down, so I'm looking forward to hearing that. Um, that was a super cool day. And then we were heading back home, and mom, I actually had to mom come. Mom kind of rescued us because she had to kind of watch the kids. Um, but I can't fit my drums and the boys in the car. So she, Big so ups. Big ups for Teresa Klein. She saved the day. 100%. Took care of the 100%. kids well, so n- we n- can Nick, jam. Have you tried? Charlie can fit in the kick drum. I mean, come on, let's be real. <laughs> I, but yeah. then I have to take the like the one head off. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. I just don't. It dampens the sound. You're gonna take the kid's yeah. head off? Oh, oh, the drum's head off. Yeah. The drum, yeah, the drum's head. <laughs> I mean, either way, it's it's gonna be messy. You know, yeah. it's an asshole. Um, no, so so we went out there, and then then we left, and then we're driving back, and mom called and said, "Why don't we stop at your sister's and watch the rest of the Ravens game?" Oh no! So yeah, watch so the So we combat. got there, and and uh, yeah. The Lots come, of yelling at the, the TV. comeback that uh, never came. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. Anyway, anywho, that's a lot of that's 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 all the sports ball. We'll, we'll t- we that's that's yeah, what we, we got. That's what we got as far as the sports ball. Yeah. Yep. And well said, Greg. Well said, Greg. That's well set up. All right. Mm-hmm. We got a lot to talk about today. Very important topics. Um. So let's get into it. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Yes, that's right. You are tuned in to You Should Check It Out, knowing our sports ball since 2018 and telling mm-hmm. you all about it. Uh, happy it. to be here with you in this very special episode of the You Should Check It Out podcast. This is going to be a fun one. This is episode 234 of You Should Check yes, it, it Out, is. and my name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. 
Happy to have you with us here on this Thursday. It's going to be a good show. Uh, I'm supposed to be going first, but last week, if you tuned in, I'm trading my position. I ceded my position to Nick. He's going to kick things off. See what I did there? Well, thank See you. What I there? Uh, mm. He's going to kick things off for us um, with a bit of news, and mm -hmm. I think we are going to discuss from there. And I right. think that's yes. I think that's all we have drawn up in the old playbook. I believe so. I think we're gonna make. Uh, I think we'll make an episode out of it. And I think it's gonna be fine. Okay. Yeah. So. So I'm thank you. It. Thank I'm you very much, it. Jay. Of um, I, I believe it was it was a week and a half ago um, that Greg texted some news. Oh, hold came, on. Came... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Before uh, you get too far into it, I did want to uh, kind of set the mood a little bit. Um, just okay, play a little sure. bit of background music. You you keep going mm. with your thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ah. Uh, Thank you. Um, so early, not this past week, but the week prior, but early Wednesday afternoon, uh, there was a, um, a link sent to the entire staff uh, at, at an organization called Pitchfork. A 15-minute, hands, all-hands meeting um, at 1.30 p.m. And the events of that meeting set off a chain of events that have, uh, have kind of rocked 40-something guys that are really into music for the past two weeks, and it's something that I want to talk about today, guys. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't mean right? to, to make light of the uh, the funereal at, uh, atmosphere here, but uh, that was funny. It, it has <laughs> definitely reverberated around the 40-something white male music lover community. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, uh, and essentially what came down was uh, uh, some executives at Condé Nast uh, which, is, which owns Pitchfork, laid off 12 staff, including uh, the CEO, um, and announced that they were going to be rolling Pitchfork into GQ magazine. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Now, and not seconds later, this leaked. <laughs> this, this leaked to the interwebs. And wow. uh, and the world hasn't been the same since. Now, who who, who runs Condé Nast? Uh, it's either Condé or Nast. Yeah. I have no idea. But, but uh, George Soros, I think. No, what was her name? It's Anna um, Wintour. I, I, okay. She's the owner, I believe, because she was okay. the one who told them that they were fired. Right. Or that they were being laid off. And apparently she did so without taking her sunglasses off. Oh, nice. <laughs> really? Yeah. A nice little, a nice little touch. Is that no nice, joke? No joke. According to uh, reports in Variety, that's great. Which, yeah, yeah, some so, cold shit. Yeah, straight up, <laughs> boy, that hurts. I'm sorry, that hurts. <laughs> they shuttered. They shuttered the organization. Laid off. It was over half the staff. Um, oh boy. And that's said, yeah, and basically said, you guys aren't hitting the numbers. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna pull you into GQ magazine. Now you're part of GQ. Yeah, every pitchfork writer's worst nightmare. <laughs> You're now writing I guess for, so, in a way, for yeah, GQ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which I, I guess, and we've done this before because we've been doing review the reviews, which are predominantly, I think, with all, all but one, have been yeah. have been pitchfork focused. Yeah, absolutely. So what what the hell is pitchfork? Like, why does this matter? Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think uh, I think we. No, I'm sorry, it's not great. <laughs> I think the way that you're presenting this is great. We should we should yes. give a, no, no, our no. listeners a little bit of background yeah. on Pitchfork and, and why it yeah, matters, yeah. at least to us. Sure, sure. 
the year is 1996. We're going way, way back. I can picture this, it now. Uh, <laughs> this record store clerk, right? Um, fresh out of, I don't know if High Fidelity, High Fidelity was out yet, but let's assume that <laughs> right. it was, yeah. right? This guy, Ryan Schreiber, um, started an indie music blog uh, that was inspired by the fanzines that he grew up with, um, which, which, you know, we, we, we've heard a lot about. And basically grew this little blog, which was just kind of, you know, uh, snarky commentary on I- indie albums, um, came up with this system of a zero... 0.0 to 10.0 scale that he would rate albums on. Groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Change, change, yeah. The, change the industry. Um, but, I mean, over the course of the next 10, 15 years, really established like, this organization as like a, a go-to source yeah. for uh, opinion on, on some, late, some new album, yeah. right? Um, it's been called trusted by some, but that's obviously subjective entirely. Sure. They, they were known for being incredibly opinionated, uh, incre- incredibly verbose yep. in their opinionate, opinionated uh, thoughts about a particular album. And really, for a period of time, we're, it, we're kind of, Greg's brought this up actually, we're kind of make or break for some bands, for a lot of bands. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. Like getting trashed by Pitchfork for your debut album could totally crush you. Let's just say being crowned by Pitchfork would make you. And if, if you had that, and if you were really like maybe thinking this is what's going to happen, this is our plan, right? And then it doesn't come back and serve you. It's yeah. um, it's just not a good look. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, continue. Yeah. No, no. But I mean, that was the power that they, that they, that they, what is the past tense for wielded? Wielded. Wielded. I think you just said it. Okay. <laughs> um, I, for some reason, weld kept popping in my head. <laughs> yeah. That they wielded. No, whenever I, I, whenever I, I first... I can see why you think that. Whenever I first heard about Pitchfork, um, you know, probably around 2001, 2002, they were like the gold standard for hipsters, like tastemakers in music. Like if, if you... Yeah. If you met, if you cared about good music, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. then you trusted Pitchfork reviews, you know, and that was, and they, it, very no much one in like the Rolling it, really. Stone 1970s. Yeah, kind of way, yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Because yeah. by this time, Rolling Stone was completely corporate and, yes. you know, they would just, you know, roll out reviews that were all, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's three stars, you know, like well, not and, really and saying And the other anything. thing that Rolling Stone did was they diversified. They, they add, they had more content than music. They right, added, right. you know, news. They added, yeah, yeah. They added all this other stuff. So, so Pitchfork, I mean, at, at the time that this was announced, it's kind of definitely the predominant music only site. Right. News, news and reviews. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so that, that is Pitchfork. So for, for the, for the past uh, yeah, I mean, and, th- and and that's basically since we were in high school. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I suppose so. I didn't know about them in high school. I, I think I think it was I think it was probably Neil Cottrell yeah. oh, in 2001. Yeah, that You're first... kidding me. The torchbearer for, for much love, much love to Neil. But yeah. he, yes. he, he was the target audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they really they. they kind of up through so around 2000 or so that's when Napster came out right we, we, we enter College Park this was kind of like their first cresting because you had this you had access essentially to anything 
and then and knowing what to go and snag and grab, um, at least in those early days, there were so many crappy torrents that were out there. Sure. That, that, that was, I guess, the, the first time that they kind of went on like a hiring spree and kind of bulked up and, mm-hmm. and became this, uh, this, this larger thing. Well, and also remember um, that at the time, you know, it wasn't a given that magazine print publications had like a, a solid web presence either. Sure. Right, yeah. but, but that was Pitchfork's thing was that they were a web only, you know, review only. site. Yeah. You know, so they were kind of ahead of that curve. That next generation of media. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And basically rode that out. Uh, Schreiber in 2015 sold Pitchfork to Condé Nast. He right. cashed out, and while reports are that he is also not at all happy with this decision, whatever you cashed out, bro. It's fine. You know. Right. Um, Nobody got like royally. Well. I, I don't know. The current staff, absolutely. And and honestly, um, I think the one that got really screwed the most was the, the editor, uh, Pooja Patel, who mm. she took over maybe three, four years ago, um, kind of when Me Too was, was cresting um, okay. and had to make some, I, I don't know, it was, the, the website for the past few years, to me, it's definitely diversified outside of its indie roots yeah. for years you, now, right? You've mentioned like, this God, a couple times about how they're dipping yeah, their toes yeah. into some different waters. Yeah. They, yeah. they brought on like more staff to, and, and really started reviewing like hip hop, um, which, which, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. Of course. Um, uh, in, in, the mo- in more recent years, they've, they've started to kind of touch on more pop news, but that's probably also just to, to, to get the kind of traffic that was necessary to yeah. support the staff, to... yeah to pay the people um but they still had the, that original the you know that original i don't know five or six uh snarky yeah. reviewers and every were, once in a while they really roll out a review yeah. that was controversial in one way or another you know saying the things that the quote-unquote other people wouldn't say yeah kind of, right to stay relevant right. but it was kind of fewer and further between i guess the reason that i could tell that there was a difference is that i was less annoyed by them in recent years yeah right (laughs) they were were being but you know in a way like you know i said neil our friend neil who was Mm -hmm. you know he's he was the epitome um you know forgive me but uh, of a hipster at that time yeah all right i mean you you know and he and and in the way that in in the sense that the best possible way yeah in the best possible way he knew he was very knowledgeable about what the hipsters considered interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um but then also, Jay, someone like you, I see as being like the target audience as well, because you're like the bear they're trying to poke. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like they're not going to piss off Neil. Right. <laughs> Unless there's a band that he figured that he thinks is amazing and they don't potentially, then maybe he would. I don't know. But you are like an, an easy target in the sense that, you know, they're the going to hate on. Yeah. Right. You know, and anything, anything that was considered like. It's, it seems to me, and I could be potentially proven wrong very easily here, but it seemed to me like anything that was considered kind of like rock and roll, like traditional rock and roll, was just absolutely like not cool, not, you know what I mean? Like just like pro, just absolutely ripe to get on all day by Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and anything that wasn't in their like weird little, uh, you know, weird. space. It yeah, was, yeah, weird. And, or as they, as they like to put it, I think, quote unquote, ambitious, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, is, it was like that. that's that's what that's what they valued was yeah. like yeah. the present 
the sense of ambition, you know, mm-hmm. which it makes it funny to me that they went from critiquing, you know, Grizzly Bear <laughs> to Tom Brady's underwear, you know. <laughs> Double ding! Wow. <laughs> Did you write that Sorry. one on the plane? Hey. That was pretty good. <laughs> I, just now, notes. just now, just now. I've got, I've got a lot of notes here. No. I hey, it's, it. hey, I love it. It's our turn to be snarky here. That's right. Okay? That's, uh-huh. Bring it on. <laughs> you freaked Sorry. with us too long. You yeah, get yeah, freaked. Yeah. yeah, they threw a f-ing cinder block at my horn. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Just Settle down. Continue. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> no, no. We have a lot. We have. No, a lot I was just thinking. I don't think they ever reviewed any Adam Sandler, but they, maybe they did. I have no idea. <laughs> if they did, I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have panned it. But we don't, no, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Greg, Greg, you're. you're I mean, you hit yes. the, the the bullseye on that. I mean, they. There's something about the kind of music that I like that I gravitate towards, that Pitchfork editors just cannot stand. It's just not their bag, man. It's not their thing. And it drives, it used to drive me up the wall. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know I don't have the coolest taste in music, but I care about good music. And I don't listen to crap music all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I listen to crap music, but I usually am able to like identify it when it's crappy. And I'll call mm-hmm. it out as such. But I mean, there's so many reviews that got under my skin. Um, the one that always bubbles to mind is uh the killer's second album sam's town okay i love that album it's so it's so energetic and it sounds like it's just over the top it's so bombastic and crazy i love that album yeah it's a fun fun album and i think star making album right i mean they were big already but that it it definitely it was definitely took them to that but but, but the sophomore effort was it was not a slump no 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 there was there was a couple two or three like hits yeah on that but that yes exactly so but they they gave it like a one or something like that and the reason (laughs) then like the reason for it was just that it basically boiled down that they didn't like the way they looked or they thought they were too Las Vegasy, or something like that. And that's where they're from. Which, which is where they're from. Which yeah. is where they're yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Also, I mean, they're like us. They not ambitious enough. Right. But they're also they're they are ambitious in the fact that you know there's a, there's a strong uh, theory uh, that they are a Christian band disguised as a non-Christian band. Oh, that's right, because they're they, ha- they well, they're from Mormon well. territory, right? Yeah, yeah, but like when you look in at Vegas. The, so, some of the, uh, yeah. well, not yeah. There's Vegas and then there's Nevada. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, like Bryce Harper, the you know the the baseball player. He's from Las Vegas, but he's Mormon. I didn't. Um, know. Wow. Yeah, a very aggressive Mormon. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> Sorry, no, no. The point, but the but the point being that um, yeah, that they they didn't they don't feel that's ambitious. You know what I mean? Or that or they didn't get it. They, not that they didn't get it. I don't know. They just didn't like it. They just didn't like I mean, it. And you have the right to they not didn't like, like it. it. <laughs> yeah, the but right their whole they didn't like it. Yeah. Their whole rating rating system is what would get under my skin. Like they'd give it, and that's where the whole review the review bit came from. You know. Yes. That was why exactly. We do those yes. things all the time. Yes. But it was also. I mean, there was also a good period of time in the late '90s where, like, everything did feel like a rap rock derivative crap. You know what I mean? Like it was. So, so I, I very much appreciated that there was at, at that time, like going in retrospect, 
having something, everything just, there was so much, and The Killers, I felt like, was part of that. Like, it was undeniably catchy, and and, and I, and I, Hot Fuss, like, I love that first album, but and I'm not defending Pitchfork in this regard, but I will say that the voice that they brought to the table, I, I felt that, that irritable, like, irritable of all this crap that just sounds, yeah. like, derivative, and then to see them point to different things and be like, I've never heard anything like this, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Like that, yeah. that was really well, cool to well, Nick, you, t- you touched on a point that's pretty interesting because yes, in those late nineties, there is, there was a plethora of really generic, like stale sounding rock. Music. Yeah. Much it, like, much like metal, like hair metal in the nineties was like, yeah. Yeah. Until, yeah in the early, early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, exactly. But actually there's a really cool Rick Beato, uh, interview that he did with a, a friend of his who was in the business and it, it went back to, and I, I'm, I'm going to try my best to stay on topic here, but like Bill Clinton passing yeah. a bill that allowed like basically like two major companies to like run all of the radio stations. So now like, like the digital the, rights management. Yeah. Or something, and so something basically like, yeah. like the programmers at the radio stations had no control anymore, uh, 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 no more control anymore over what was being played. Yeah. yeah. So the and old, it was this corporate crap. Yeah. Well, it, and it, 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 you should really watch that uh interview okay. it's really fascinating nick i think you'd really get a lot of i mean every uh, you realize that basically these major companies were controlling the programming and so then eventually it led to like certain engineers being like just the call guy it just became like this rock factory because they needed it to yeah. sound like creed again right they, yep. they, they had like like it just wiped out all we the know creativity. what sells make more what sells yeah, and they were just getting, you know, some people were just getting absolutely, you know, filthy rich off of this. And I, basically what I realize now is like any band that was trying to do something then, they, we, nobody stood a chance. No. Because no rock station was in in one particular market was going to like break you the way they did. With right. Like the police and like, all you know, all these other bands that they all had like a rock station that. Love promoted them. yeah they loved them that and, and then yeah. that grew and then they they came and toured they knew which markets to hit that so they wouldn't break their uh, they wouldn't eat their shirts on the road mm-hmm. you know they would just come they would go play markets where radio stations that dug it were promoting them and the djs that believed in them yep and that was out the window so yes to have a critical voice saying like hey just so we're clear all this sucks yeah, or like you know, if if it's if you hear it there, then we're not gonna like it, and because we we there's all this other music that you guys don't know about that you folks don't right. know about. Well, that like we 96, think that we think you don't know about. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But like '96, that's that's when Neutral Milk Hotels and the Airplane Over the Sea came out. Uh-huh. I, I didn't discover that album for six years. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like because it wasn't anywhere because there wasn't anybody that would play it, right? Uh, and, right. And it took this like like this kind of thing. It took Pitchfork essentially um, to tell Neil to. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> I don't, I, but to 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 hoist it up, to hoist up this indie band and be like, these guys are the like. No, no, you need to listen to this. Right. Yeah. Which is it's so yeah. different than what you what you're hearing on the radio right, right now. Yeah. And so that brings me up to one more uh, quick point, which is that there's a buddy of mine who is in the, who's been in the business for a long time. He now works uh, at a house of blues in New Orleans. Uh, you know, he's the uh, talent buyer there. And he used to tell me, he grew up in the D.C. area, and he was saying, you know, it's just every two, three years, there's this band that comes along, and all the hipsters just hoist them up, you know? And then mm-hmm. they are, their arms get shaky, and they just put them down, and then the cycle repeats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> you know, and I think it that Pitchfork, some Pitchfork at times has been kind of the epitome of that. Yeah, you know, it's like these guys are the best. I swear. And then like the next album is like not quite as good for whatever reason. All right, we were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, these other guys are the great. Yeah. You know, like. Right, but I mean, behind the scenes, there was no, there was nothing other than fandom powering this, right? I mean, there was no, there weren't kickbacks happening with with like pitchfork reviews oh yeah no no yeah i I would definitely agree with that it doesn't it never sent hope not (laughs) it never seemed to me like they were getting paid by no grizzly bear (laughs) no no because i I mean because i really feel like that journalistic integrity component really came to the table i mean a little much sometimes right like i don't know if i go so far as to give them credit for journalistic integrity but (laughs) the integrity that they're that, that that they were giving you their honest opinion um, yeah, yeah, that which is not, yeah, not journalist integrity. You're right. That's the wrong term. <laughs> they were honest, um, and you could trust them. Right, I and there was no, there was, they weren't being incentivized to do otherwise. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or weren't, weren't succumbing to this to any incentives to do otherwise. Um, so okay, so we've got, we've got a lot of snarky reviews out there, and we've taken advantage of 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 uh, some opportunities to do our segment review the review, which has been delightful and. Truth be told, from what it seems, Pitchfork.com is going to still be up for the foreseeable future, oh. right? There's not a plan to oh, take down the site at a certain time. Have you seen otherwise? Uh, no, I'm just bummed out to hear that news. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think you are going to see uh, a change in the quality of the content, I expect to see. I mean, I'm going to keep looking um, because, again, they've laid off over half the staff, um, got rid of their, their editor, um, and now they're rolled into an editorial staff that is under GQ, right? So things are going to change. I just love, and I just absolutely love the, I mean, it's almost Shakespearean, the delicious, delicious irony of the hipsters at Pitchfork now having to work for GQ. Right. The I ones mean, that remained. The ones that GQ remained. is like the ideological opposite mm-hmm. of what Pitchfork yeah. used to stand for. But again, GQ decided we're going to fire most of these people. Who do we keep? So I, uh, let me have. I, let me I have my happiness here. No, <laughs> no. There's no it's room beautiful. for joy here. It's Jay. beautiful. No, but it's a, okay. Yeah, but the fact that they, yeah, that it was like allocated there. Yeah, you couldn't pick tough. a better magazine for yeah, exactly. the yeah. I see, I see, I see Jay's point. To, I don't delight in it quite as much as he does, but <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah. I can understand. So yeah, I mean, look, okay. So there was some. It, it had worth at a at a particular point, and it did. And they had a lot. It had an audience for sure, and that grew Absolutely and grew did. and grew. Yeah. Um. um some th- I've seen comments in. No, I've seen it written in stories about this, that amongst Condé Nast assets, Pittsburgh was still getting, uh, if not the most traffic on a daily basis, and still a substantial portion of traffic on a daily basis. Nevertheless, for financial reasons, this is now being consolidated in GQ. Pitchfork will remain pitchfork.com. Sorry, Jay. And we'll see where that goes. Uh, so it's not like the site is gone, Yeah. but but it's definitely changed, so- right? One of the things that, I, that came across my mind is like, well, these music critics who are, in my opinion, typically underqualified, as the point <laughs> I was trying to make when I was going off on my Lamar Jackson, like Stephen A. Smith rant, yes. yep. you know, it, it, like, 
You ever seen Stephen A. Smith do anything physical, by the way? He's this ESPN <laughs> analyst. This guy is like, they, there's a video of him like with a punching bag, and he looks like he's 80 years old. I mean, you know, this he's he's actually like 50. Yeah. You know? This guy is like, has n- like very little athletic ability from what I can tell. And meanwhile, right. everyone listens to him rate in, you know, and literally ranking, you know, yeah. constantly, yep. you know, and using facts and statistics. But ultimately, it's, you know, it's a it's a character. I felt like Pitchfork is a kind of a they had a character. Absolutely. Almost. Yeah. Like, and sometimes it was like villainous. Um, <laughs> but one of the things, though, again, about music criticism uh, that I was thinking about is like, OK, we'll take let's take the music off of it. Well, just like cr- movie critics, food critics, uh, theater yeah. critics, mm-hmm. like what I what do I feel the same way about them as I do about Pitchfork? And I started realizing, well, if if there's a food critic who reviews two restaurants, and I, that I've been considering going to, I'm probably gonna go with the one that they review better. Sure. Assuming I've trusted yeah. that food critic, based on the fact that I have to pick one. Yeah. Okay. But with music now, ever since Spotify and streaming, you don't yeah. have to. You can listen to all of it. It's true. And you yeah. don't have to. Like we used to have to pick. Like, yo, okay, I have 15 bucks, yeah. and I'm not gonna see. I don't know when the next time I'm gonna see another red cent is. But I'm <laughs> yep. at Sam Goody right now, and I can either get Led Zeppelin this? two, uh-huh. or you know, kind of uh, blue, or kind of blue. Yeah, you know, like what? Which is it gonna be? You know, and so it's like you might. That's when a music review is handy, I guess. But it's, no, it's, it's never it's quite a great as handy. Point. As a, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because. Like, as I was kind of pulling some of the clips for this episode, um, I was going through some of Pitchfork's, like, epic slam reviews with the, where they gave mm-hmm. him, like, the album, like, a 0. 0.0 oh, yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, And I have now the benefit of going to Spotify and listening to that 0. 0.0 album. Okay. But there is zero mm-hmm. chance in hell, like, in 2003, you know, that I would have gone into a record store and bought an album that was 0.0. Now, maybe I got lucky and one of my friends had it and I could rip it from them, you know. Or, yeah. Or you hear some, you know, crazily compressed artifact-filled thing that you got from Kazaa or whatever. LimeWire. You know. <laughs> but now you can actually go and listen to the 0.0 album if you want to, you know, and you realize, oh, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad at all. So, yeah, yeah. what is the value of a music review now as opposed to back then i don't know yeah i i like i i still like the idea that i think rock criticism and music criticism has a place like i like hearing the voices the opinions of people just to have something to bounce off of you know i develop my opinions of of music pretty early as soon as i hear it but i like to be able to hear what somebody else's opinion is hundred percent just to see where i'm at you know not not saying that this guy's the authority but just like oh that's interesting that he has a completely different take or it's nice to see that somebody Mm -hmm. agrees with me that kind of thing and i mean anybody who listens to music as much as we do i'm very curious to know what they think about it and why that's the whole point of this show right (laughs) hundred percent yeah and it's and it's not to it's not to tell me what's good or not um it's to understand like what what makes a band that I listen to and it's like, it just makes me sleepy and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like what makes some people, somebody love that? Um, uh, because one thing I do love to do is, 
is in 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 forming new relationships and friendships is is try to like recommend because I care so much about music, I'll, I'll want to recommend something that I think somebody might like. And so part of that is getting to understand what their tastes are. And, and in order to do that, I kind of have to color that with, well, okay, what do I know about people that have like this kind of thing? Or, oh, if you like that part of this, then maybe you'll like this thing over here. Mm -hmm. it's, it, all, it all just connects. I just love people talking about music yeah. in a serious way. Yeah. And there's plenty of reviews that, that have been on Pitchfork that have been uh, absurd. Uh, but that's that to me is just hilarious. It's, it's right. I don't know what I don't know what's up with this guy's crawl. I don't know. Yeah, what's wrong with this individual or what they had for breakfast? But they're clearly yeah. cranky as can be, and which is cool, except for taking the fact, it out on Jet. Yeah, yeah. But the, for some for some bands, it was uh, a career ending. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I you had, have a friend, right? Yeah, exactly. And he was playing sax in this project, you know, out in Brooklyn. With a lot, you know, I'm sure, and I'm sure this happened to more than just his band, right? Where they worked their butts off, you know, we're, we're doing the thing. Nobody was making any money. They poured it all in, you know, put their heart, soul, bank accounts, everything into this record that they made. And then, you know, they put it out and Pitchfork panned it. And that was the end of the project. And it's like, man, I, you know, how, how is that helping anybody? Yeah. That's that's what I, that's what I wonder. It's like, and so that's when, and that's when I start to look and see, like, have you ever been in the trenches, man? Have you ever written a song? Like, you know, when when Jay, when yes, you were talking, you want to you want to defend the artist. I want to defend. We have to defend the artist. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, the, because without the artist, there's no pitchfork. Yeah, and I know Nick. You always, you always go back and defend these bad, like the the jokey reviews by saying, "Oh, well, it's just funny." And you think that's funny, and like. Yeah, it, it can be funny. Like, the, the one review we keep mentioning obliquely here is the one that they did of the band Jet in 2006. Can we listen to some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get some music We'll play this music and I'll prepare wow. my This my, is like 45 minutes here. without any music. Yeah, that's that's got to be a record for us. <laughs> so the, the album was called Shine On. It came out in 2006 by this Australian band called Jet. And they gave it a 0.0, .0 Pitchfork did. And in the review... Ouch. The review that they posted was literally just a YouTube link of a monkey peeing into it into its own mouth. That is the sum total of the review. <laughs> That's all the words they had to say. <laughs> so here's a song from the Jet album. You tell me whether or not it deserves 0, 0.0. This is called Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. That's that song. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. Whatever. It, I don't think it deserves a 0.0. .0. My, my 
my point, my overarching point with this, and this is the last time I'm going to make this comment because I've kind of made this obliquely in a couple of other episodes when we talked about Pitchfork. But, and I, I don't mean to make it into too big of an issue, but I'm going to make it into too big of an issue. Okay. This kind of reductive theory of like, we hate this album so much or it doesn't stand for what we believe music should stand for so much that we're going to give it a 0.0 and link to a YouTube video of a monkey peeing into its own mouth, which is kind of funny. Awesome. Awesome review. Um, it, it, it heightens this sense of like this, this, this musical elitism that I absolutely hate. Um, and I, I really despise people who, I don't think they do it necessarily maliciously, but they use it to bump up their own egos by saying, sure. I know what's cool. I know what's good. And I'm going to tell you. And if you don't get it, that's your problem. And, and I hate that ethos so much. I think it's a really destructive and very close-minded way of looking at the world. And especially music. Um, but the world in general, too. And not to pick on Neil, but I'll go back to Neil. He was my roommate. I Greg introduced him to me. Um, great guy. Good guys go together. <clears throat> but we had this conversation once, and it was about whether or not it was basically around a Pitchfork article. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Mm -hmm. He was convinced that he knew what good music was, and I said, "Well, how could you how could you even say that?" He was convinced that there was no such thing as relativity in quality mm -hmm. of music. Mm. It's right. objective, not subjective. Exactly. His his opinion was that music is objectively good or bad, not subjectively what you like and what you don't like. And, and I never have been able to wrap my head around why you would ever want to go through life with that theory in your head. I mean, I guess in, in a way it makes the world easier to, to judge and it makes the world easier to see if you think that you have the answers and that you know what's good and what's bad. But it's just such, to me, it's just such a ridiculous way of walking through the world. And it, to me, Pitchfork, when they're at, when they're doing this stuff, it, yeah, it's funny and gets clicks. But that's the kind of thing that this is promoting. And I hate that, that mindset. Okay. I mean, Neil's not here. I wish he was. Um, he would have been good. And all I'll, say is, all I'll say is, if you, if you back Neil in a corner, then yeah, he'll say like that. Um, <laughs> Are you saying um, I intimidated the, him? No, but I've I've been in arguments with you, and you, it does get to the point where you just say just to piss you off. It's fun. <laughs> so, um, um, no, no, I. I it, but at the same time, I mean, okay, fine. Uh, but they're paid to write reviews. Um, I, 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 I mean, that review made me go listen to the album. Uh, I, at the I time or now. Uh, I I always will go and listen to a zero zero point zero mm -hmm. or or anything that's like a really really terrible. It's like, what got what that got them ticked off about this? And especially with with one where you can tell they resented they even had to spend the time listening to it. Hence the embedded mute, the YouTube video. But they, um, but they didn't. It's they not didn't. like the you know like the 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 people the audience is not like anxiously awaiting the the review of the Jet album. For whatever reason, they felt the the need to to post this. Um, they wanted to pick on it. Yeah, you know, like a, it's like a it's bully. a circle jerk. It's a it's a pitchfork circle jerk. Okay, all right. Well, I, I, uh, I'm glad they've existed. Um, I, 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 I always there was always a considerable amount of uh, of hipster uh, 
thought process put into some of their best reviews, whether they were low scoring or high scoring. Um, and I, I always appreciated that because it was a hell of a lot more work than I was going to do mm-hmm. tracking down sources and references and, and what a specific lyric was, was nodding towards or like all of those kinds of cool facts that, that are the kind of facts that I would read in like a, you know, in like a, an encyclopedia of rock and roll that talks about the making of, you know, a specific Zap album or something like that by somebody who kind of goes and digs into the stuff. It, it was just kind of more real time. Um, and, and with people our age who weren't going to get it right because, yeah, their egos got in their way of, of good taste perhaps at times. But damned if I didn't appreciate it. Mm. I'm not saying there's nothing. When they have an album that they like, and they're willing to review in good faith, they do some great work. Absolutely. No doubt about that. It's just whenever they feel like something is beneath them, they just want to on it. That's when I kind of, I don't know, take offense, but like, what did, what did Jet ever do to you? If you don't want to review well, it, don't review it. <laughs> let, me tell, let me tell you this. I'll put, it, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I would take that review seriously if it came from someone who had, again, some kind of experience in the industry and knew what it was like to be, you know, uh, you know, in the studio or in, you know, uh, uh, in the van or on, you know, on stage or writing a song, you know, like banging your head against the wall. We've all done that. Just just the three of us. We've all done this. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure if any of the writers at Pitchfork have ever once done any one of those things. In matter of fact, I actually looked up um, what does it take to be a writer for Pitchfork, and I found a uh, an ad that they posted, and it was just looking for writers to review new albums and tracks on a freelance basis. Candidates should have a deep knowledge of music past and present with a particular interest in emerging artists and must be, must be able to communicate ideas clearly with a unique and engaging voice. The best way for us to get an idea of your writings is to see pieces about recorded music, publish yeah. reviews, blog posts, Spec reviews of upcoming releases or otherwise. Please don't send links to artist profiles, show previews, or reviews, news, blah, blah, blah. The point is that there's no, there's no, you don't need any cred. Yeah. Uh, in you this, need to be a good writer and you need to that's fair. talk about it in an intelligent way that shows that you do know. What in my you're opinion, about. In, but in my opinion, you can't get that until you live it. That's my point. You know what I mean? It, and like, so if I may, just for the sport analogy again, some of those analysts, when it's like an experienced three-time Super Bowl winning co- coach who's like, let me break down why the Ravens struggled yesterday. I'm going to listen to that guy. Right. But what if that coach didn't, wasn't a successful player, him or herself? Even if they hadn't been a successful Can't somebody player, be a good, a good thinker about something without being a good doer of something? You don't have to be good at it. You just have had to have done it <laughs> for me to take it more like seriously. Because I, you know, I, I think I think a bigger point is that if your strategy as a band, in order to to make it, if you if you will, is not to do all of the hard work of building your own audience and and you know like the uh, Corey Wong. What's what am I thinking of? What's Wolfpack? the band? Yeah, not the Wolfpack way, which is like totally organic, yeah. totally grassroots. on their own on their own. Yep, grassroots. Um, but it's to get Pitchfork to review you, um, and that that could break your band. If, if that review comes out negatively, I would say you're entering a high-risk endeavor to begin with. That's fair. And again, I, I, don't, I don't think you have to be... I, I don't disagree with you that it, it certainly bolsters 
uh, and, and for the most part, I would say those that have lived it are probably going to be a lot more kinder ab ab about maybe what the spam was going for or kind of reach for like... Or harsher. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying like to only listen to people who have had this experience because they're going to be nice about it and forgiving. I'm not necessarily saying that either. I just would like to know like what makes you what makes you so qualified? Like, have you do you know how hard it is to make an album? Like, you but know, I mean, this doesn't pay well. If this if these were successful recording artists, then they would be doing that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like being a writer for Pitchfork isn't like a way to get. And you're not making bank doing this. I don't know. Like I don't know what they I mean, were making. They're just regularly paid staff positions. Like, I think Greg's. These, I think Greg's point is that it just it would mean more to him if it's coming mm -hmm. from a, a person who's had a little bit more experience in. Sure. Not just someone who cares about it. Yeah. You know, I like uh, when I when when I meet people in the world. I'll be. I'm going to be honest with you right now. And you guys are not like. See, part of the reason why we have such a good rapport. Is because Nick, you took the time to learn how to play the drums. Okay, you don't just yeah. you 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 care about music, but you also were like bit by a bug and and you learned how to do something with it with this passion that you developed for music. Jay, you're exactly the same way, right? Yeah. And so when I meet someone who did not put in any work but just but just listens to music and really cares about it and they've like dabbled a little bit that's fine you can be a music fan i'm not going to take anything away from you as a music fan but when you start like harshly criticizing genres and artists and all this stuff in a in a close-minded way mm -hmm. i start to be, i start to be like you know what i don't think this is not worth listening to because this is not someone who's you they, if music was a sphere you can't just look at it one way yeah. you know what i mean you have to like hold it and like zoom in and out and like look look at it all these different ways before you really have an opinion that i'm going to think is interesting yeah sure you okay and that and so I, but it, music is important to almost everybody Right, and so that doesn't yeah. qualify you to have like this opinion that. Um, okay, that, that... I, but again, I, I mean, I just looked up one, and and like he's released like six albums, so it's like I, I, and then you can go listen to it and be like, well, his music sucks, so I don't want, I don't care about his opinion. Like I don't know, it feels like a, I'm gonna assume that either via pen or whatever experience, like the obsession with music exists, and 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 I would say if it's if it's in your crawl. And you go yeah. look up the individual to see, does this person play an instrument or has this person ever made any music? And that feels like it gives credibility to the right. words that they're putting down on paper. Right. I mean, to me, a dick is a dick. And if somebody's going to be a dick about something, like, that's 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 just a reflection of where they were in that moment in time and yeah. that they decided I know, to go ahead and publish is, it. But this is their brand. And if their brand is being a dick, then I'm not really interested. You know? What's what's his name? Who's the, who's the producer... Uh, the engineer, not producer, the engineer that did Nirvana's, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, like Albini, right, like that dude is super experienced. I don't tend to listen to much that he has to say because yeah, he just, just leans into just being a dick. But um, but you have but but at least he's built that on a pillar of like real information and experience and like life experience. You know that 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 to me is like is really important, and it doesn't. It is important because I, I was trying to figure it out. So thank you for letting me know that one of those staff writers has put out six albums. 
you know but then it also yeah. brings the uh, brings forth another question which is like are they the frustrated musician that did not where it what? didn't want work out for them and they can't understand why and now they're just knocking everybody else down i i mean i, I would say at least for this one the sam sadomsky guy like he's Never both written him. some infuriating um like man that was ridiculously harsh what the heck and then also like flowery loving of this other stuff right so i think it's just it is yeah these are individuals whose opinions are they're only ever for me only ever colored what my own opinion was or wasn't going to be um or gave it context of right. there's been plenty of times where i would listen to something that was new and different and I was like, I don't even, I don't really know what to make of this. I think I really like it. I, I also I'm keep listening to it. I also think yeah, that ahead. you're a very open-minded person, Nick. And I think part of the thing that I, that rubs me the wrong way about some of these is I think a lot of people don't put that kind of critical thinking into albums. They would rather just look at this, any bad review and, and immediately pass on it and not even give it a listen, not even give it sure. a chance, you know, and that's, that's not great. I could be wrong about that. Maybe I'm not giving other people enough credit, but I, I think that you're able to make that kind of critical choice and say, oh, well, this guy's, he's just a reviewer. It's just going to color or shade my primary opinion. But I think a lot of other people, they don't take that extra time to actually go listen to the album. They'll just assume that Pitchfork knows what they're talking about and move on with their Maybe. day. You know? Maybe. And, and there's a lot of people that care much, much less about music than than i think we yeah. do but i will say this the the the, the one thing that pitchfork undeniably does not do is that it leans into the like personal like the singular opinion which is, is like you know take our podcast for instance i can bring up something that i either hate or love and you guys are going to check me on it yeah. You know, you're going to be honest and check me on it if you're like, I mean, or maybe you'll be like, okay, Greg, whatever. But you have <laughs> to sit to, there and listen to me. That's what we tend to do, yeah. Yeah. Well, in any case. <laughs> I'm nice about it, yeah. You know, but it, but if. Mostly with Jay's country crap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's but, the yeah, pitchfork you talk in there, Nick. <laughs> no, it's not. I just don't, I don't like it. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that you don't like it. But he does. And then, and yeah, then, and then there's and a third, that. but then there's a third voice. And then I get to weigh in and I can sort of tip the scale a little bit if depending on whatever you know and it's it, sometimes it's flipped the, the other way you know that i think actually not the two and horners they were better than pitchfork but it's like oh, at least now you're getting a, you're getting a little bit more you're getting a little more of a rounded uh conversation about music which i think is probably healthier than just like one take and by the way what one one of the things that was pointed out um it was a it was a rapper whose name i can't I'll have to find it, but he got panned by Pitchfork, and the fans were like, "Yo, they pushed, they posted this review three hours after the album came out. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of like, that's not like a deep listen, yeah. You know what I mean? That's not like deep thought. That's not, that's not, that's not fair, honestly, because yeah. you have this influence, and it's like, mm -hmm. if you're gonna really review music, I mean, how many times have we all lis have we heard, listened to a record, didn't love it the first time? listened to it again at a later point realized oh my god i was like i was maybe in the wrong state of mind when i listened to this sure, mm -hmm. sure. you know um 
One of the bands that Pitchfork loved was Animal Collective. The first time I heard that band, I was like, yo, this sucks. The second time I listened to it, I was at home. I was like sketching in a book, had a little herb, and I was like, this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. like listening to it on vinyl, it was a different experience, you know? And so, yep. yeah. Music is so, e- we're so easy to, j- to judge music. And so, why, that's why I am, I am defending the artist. I am, um, because I know it's hard well, to make and put out. We all know that. I'm not, you know. Again, I didn't expect this to be a, a, a rehashing of whether or not Pitchfork's been a good thing or a bad thing. Because the reality is this has all transpired. And for whatever reason now, um, yeah, it's it's not going to exist in its current iteration. So it'll be, it'll be curious to see what what that means for, for the site. Right. My, my question at this point is, it, does, does it matter? Is this a is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What is it? What is this? Should we care? I'm I'm sad to see a site that focuses on music go away. Okay. For better or for worse, there's not too many other sites that you can go to that really you can get a solid review of pretty much I can't you can't see every album, but bigger albums that are going to resonate in any kind of way so i'm sad to see that go or be diluted or whatever is going to happen to it yeah mm-hmm. no, I, I for all i have bad to say about pitch pitchwork i mean there's a place in the online community for music reviews and sad to see that go i think that maybe the the scoring system really like helped and hurt them at the same in the same way because if it was just words you know and like the way they used the scoring system, although yeah. they did kind of mellow out after a while, and everything kind of fell within a certain range. Well, the, this the way this the way the scores always worked um, is that that's like an editorial decision, um, like th- it's an average of the editorial oh, okay. numbers. Gotcha. The review that's written, because sometimes one. you'll see a scenario where the sco- the numeric score does not match the language. Oh, um, and that's because they're not the same person doing. The numeric score and, and right, the right, actual right. written review. So okay. Um, so everybody in the staff gave the Jet album a zero point zero. They all agreed that it was it was worthless. <laughs> yeah. Well. And you know what? Have you listened to it? No, just that clip. You're never going to get the time back. You can go ahead and take the time if you all want. Right. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry that we displeased you, Nick. What What did you want to talk about about with? No, 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 no. Uh, I thought the whole point of this was to. Rehash pitchfork. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know how I expected it to be anything different. I'm not disappointed at all. Um, No, I just, I, I, it, it's there was a there's a post that Ezra Klein did on the New York Times that I shared with you guys um, that I thought was a pretty. I I really liked that piece because it it really it said okay whatever yeah pitch it doesn't actually even say yeah pitchfork snarky like this guy clearly is a pitchfork reader and fan, Um, but. But he talks about the bigger thing that's going on in the media industry, um, and and I thought that was a really interesting take on it in general, which is that th- there's there is there is no room in the middle anymore. Uh, this oh, yeah. this very important t- terrain where good writers are made, yeah. uh, and and put in their time and 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 figure out their craft. 
that doesn't it's it, it's it's it, it's not it doesn't exist anymore and there's no room for it in the market yeah. um and that that is a bigger problem than than anything else well it's a problem but this, it's also this. just a change man social media is list is has replaced that you know yes but 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 in this case and there's always been an ebb and flow to like the success of of news organizations um and i'm i'm, I'm kind of looking america specific at this point or america focused but the amount of newspapers that have been consolidated are going out of business entirely. Um, the amount of news sites, the amount yeah. of publications, like all of these places that were launching grounds for really great writers today, yeah. um, um, and just good-paying jobs for people that are writers. Jur- you know, for journalists, yeah, yeah, for writers. You know, you either you either have your paid uh, newsletter through what the hell is that service called? Substack. Um, Substack. Thank you. Um, or you're up writing at the times, but like th- th- that space in between, yeah, um, is now this this large vacuum, which, from a an industry standpoint, is more concerning. Yeah, no, that um, sucks. I, I think, sucks. Then, yeah, yeah, but you know, so it's, um, it's uh, yeah, I think it's it's just the times, you know, and oh, definitely is the times. It is yeah. the times, but it doesn't mean it's not a shame. You know what I mean? And and something to be concerned about, and and you know, well, the, the, how do you raise the next crop of of great of great writers. I don't know. But it's, you know, yeah, there's, there's definitely some gaps that are widening and some that are, you know, I don't know. For instance, uh, now you can, you know, back, back when Pitchfork started, you couldn't just make a record at, in your apartment, you know? I mean, I guess you, you know, not as easily as you could now, Yeah. you know? So just, just, I'm just saying things change. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. The, the, he, he concludes it. I'm just going to read this one sentence that he's got here. Um, cause he concludes it kind of recapping a conversation he had with Kyle Ch- uh, Chaka, um, who says the value of create, the value of curation is not telling you what to consume. It's giving you this holistic education and insight into how things work into the context of objects or ideas. It involves vast amounts of labor and time and work to present objects or ideas or songs or whatever in the context that they deserve. And I feel like that's been lost on the contemporary internet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's that a, that's that another great real... point. I mean, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. We've <laughs> explored this enough, but like, and I think we've brought, talked about this before, but I think that's a really important thing that old school journalism was able to do um, is that's, that's curation function. That is just completely yeah. lost in today's, especially music environment. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can get your Spotify AI-driven algorithmic playlists, but I mean, that, that doesn't mean just, that doesn't mean the same of, to me as a hand-picked list of songs that somebody that I respect or at least can understand their perspective yeah. on a list of songs that they give me. You know, is a very different experience or like. Here's a set of albums that you should go listen to is way more important mm-hmm. than to me than the algorithm telling me if you like this then maybe you'll like this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that curation thing is a really important thing that I think we're losing. Yep. All righty. Well, we'll keep curating for you guys. <laughs> as long yeah, as you yeah. can put up with yeah. three middle-aged yeah. men bitching and ranting into a microwave micro microwave microphone for a for an hour <laughs> a week. Wait, I've been using the microwave this whole time. What are you talking about? Is that why it sound like crap? Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, come on. Hey. Come on now. Hey. Hey now. Hey, hey now. So, well, we've said it all. We have. We have. We didn't we've play much music, but... Um. That's okay. 
I think it's fitting that the only song we played was the Jet song. That's pretty good, actually. It works. It works. All right. Awesome. Well, Nick, man, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, you know, yes. th- thank you, thank you. I'll be okay. We cue the funeral <laughs> music back up. We can. No. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, go ahead, cue that back up. I just so want to thank all Tom. you guys for coming. So Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. I know you didn't like Pitchfork, but I really appreciate you coming. <laughs> it means a lot. The flowers are beautiful. Showing your respect. <laughs> the flowers yeah. are beautiful. <laughs> well, right. so young. No, but but hey, I will say okay, so young. on this yeah. on this note though, I, I it, it makes me proud to be that we have figured out a solution a, a, a way of expressing our musical opinions mm. while not getting carried weird, of the fuck uh, while not getting carried that. away not yet anyway yeah. yes I you agree. know what i'm saying but because <laughs> like again like we, we, yeah. we keep each other in check you know what i mean like there's sure. just like obviously things that i like that neither of you two and you know the other way around you know Absolutely. that's the whole point of the of the of the podcast is not <laughs> I hate and, this. It's and called art. You Should Check it's It subjective. Out. It's subjective. It's subjective. Yeah, Thank you. Whole, yes, so there you go. <laughs> it's you know subjective. What I mean? That's it. 100%. As long as that's we can all, all agree on that. Yeah, yeah, that's all we ask. No doubt about it. Then there we are objectively no, there is no, Yes. There is no objective truth to art. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, objectively, Greg, I can tell you it's the mm. time of the show when you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us should they choose to do so. You can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Our X handle is at shouldcheck. Listen to us wherever podcasts are heard, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review, and as always, tell a friend, you should check it out. Yes, you should. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, oh, thanks for 10.0. <laughs> <10. laughs> Excellent. Now, it's a good episode, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to us. We will be back next week with a more regular episode, I think. Um, yes. I want you guys to all go listen to that Smile album, the new Smile album again. Oh, okay. I think there's, something, listen, I think there's yeah. something in there. I think there's something in there. Oh, I, I like it. I, did, I, I, uh, I saw they posted a new video, and I didn't get to watch it for whatever reason, but I... Yeah, I'm I'm, cool I'm, I'm on board, man. I want to yeah. check it out. Sweet. It's a cool album. I just didn't have one jump out for me today. Yeah. I was, I was too thinking about thinking about Jet. You know, it's that eight minute song there towards the end. And I think that's mm-hmm. the new video that they have out. Anyway, cool, cool. stuff. We'll see you back All here right. next week, gentlemen and ladies. Peace. All right. See you.